Hello and welcome back to another packed episode about gardening with nature in mind. This time, if you want things on the cheap, then you're talking to the right guy. Because I'm going to be talking about propagation and how to make it as inexpensive as possible. I'm also going to be talking about wildflower or pollinator friendly seed mixes. When to sow and how to go about it. This is your short-armed, long-pocketed episode of Gardening for Nature. Well, I'm out walking the dog again. Every day, whatever the weather, we're after to go out for a walk. Well, this is a kind of lovely walk. This is near the old Bassett Stamps here in Cornwall, and this was a really busy industrial area in its day. They mined copper and tin here, and it was all processed in this area. And this little valley now, I'm stood by a stream you can hear trickling down, would have just been full of smoke, noise, and all forms of pollution. It would have been a completely different area than it is now. This area has only been left since 1918. And I remember coming here as a boy, so in less than a hundred years, it became an area that was rich in wildlife. And the reason for that is there's just a diverse habitat here. There's everything going on. Now, we can bring habitat in to our garden as well. And we can do that in the form of structures, uh, things like ponds, so we can have our little water features. That'll attract wildlife. And we can also change our garden very easily with plants and the more plants the better and the more diverse those plants the better. I'm just walking in a flooded area here it's absolutely oh, it's been raining it's, it's horrendous. So yeah the more plants you have the better and plants are a cost. If you're on a budget you do this quite cheaply by propagating you don't need to spend a fortune. It might take a little bit longer and you might take a little bit more gardening skill and to be honest, by the time you've gone round, especially if I go to the garden centre with my mother-in-law and they've had a cup of tea and everything else, you're there for hours. So you might as well spend those hours propagating. Just to say that we left this area in 1918 and all the industrial machinery was taken away and it was just left to nature and nature sorted itself out. You can hear the birds singing at the minute. This is early in the morning. And it just sounds lovely. It's so peaceful here, so restful. If you've had a stressful day, I suggest a walk around the flat load. It's fantastic. So anyway, I'm going to take my dog in now. <laughs> she goes. Wipe her paws before she gets back in the car. Get home, do some more recording and tell you about propagating. I've always loved walking along the flat load. And as I said, it's so full of diverse areas. There's tree filled areas. There's areas with untouched grassland, the swathes of wildflowers during the summer months, and even bats live in the old ruined mine buildings. But it's alright me going on about diversity and you've got to plant your garden up with different types of plants, but this all comes at a cost. Well one way to lower the cost is to do your own propagating. And a type of propagating that's easy to do is to take softwood cuttings. I've worked out what it is I like about taking cuttings. I love taking cuttings because I get plants for free and I don't like spending money. I'm here taking some cuttings of uh, some penstemon and these are what we would call softwood cuttings and softwood cuttings are taken beginning of the growing season when the uh, growth is softer so hence the name softwood cutting. And with cuttings you get this clone of the original plant so you know exactly what you're getting. 
if you were growing plants from seed they would have crossed with another one next to them so you might not get the same color of flower say or slightly different growth habit if you take a cutting you're going to get an exact copy of the plant that you're taking a cutting from and in this case it's penstemons penstemons are great for pollinators they have a tubular flower so it's the smaller pollinators that will go into them apart from some of the bumblebees who will nectar rob the flowers what they'll do they'll nibble the back of the flowers so that they can get in at the back of the flower and pinch their nectar out of it rather than going up the tube which they don't fit up taking a cutting from these penstemons i do it at the beginning of the growing season because it's nice and soft with penstemons they're softwood all the way through the summer as well so they're a great one to take cuttings of to do this what I'm going to do is just remove some stems and I'm going to cut just above a node to remove the stem from the plant but then when I go and take the cutting I'll be cutting just below a node uh, a node is where the two leaves join the stem and in, in that uh, join around that area there's lots and lots of cells deciding what to do I mean from that area you can get buds that come out you can get more leaves you can get all sorts of things but if you take a cutting you're persuading it to make roots so that's what I'll be doing in the potting shed in a minute okay now I'm in the potting shed ready to take these penstemon cuttings so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to cut a sloped cut below the node and remove the lower leaves the cutting needs to be about three four inches long I just remove the lower leaves and what I might do with the leaves on the top is I sometimes give them a quick snip just to neaten them up so they're not touching too much when I'm propagating them so to recap a slope cut underneath a node the slope cut exposes more of these cells that are deciding what to do so it gives it more of a chance of rooting I have my seed tray here with some multi-purpose in you could use a seed and cutting compost but in the case of the penstemon I think it'll be fine in a multi-purpose I've got my pencil I stick a hole in I put nearly half the cutting into the hole and just gently firm around the base of the plant so it's not rocking around so recap slope cut below a node remove the lower leaves tidy up the top ones by snipping the ends off if you if you need to and then stick a pencil in the compost making a hole put it in and just gently firm it in the compost in the seed tray I got it nice and damp before I started uh, you could use an old takeaway tray or anything like that if you if you don't have any seed trays just make sure you put some holes in the bottom so that the water will drain away and the cutting needs to be moist but not soaking wet do that and I'm sure you'll get some plants for free ideal well it wasn't quite for free I of course I did buy the compost now the reason I bought in compost is because it's been treated and it has been sterilized and when it's sterilized that means it's got rid of all the pathogens that might damp off my cuttings when I start to get them to strike however you can have a go you just probably will just get less cuttings take so take more cuttings easy now there are many forms of cuttings that you can take and from the stem cuttings like that to root cuttings leaf cuttings hardwood cuttings and layering as well it's a really good idea to look up different methods for different plants you can even root some cuttings in a glass of water now build yourself a little propagator out of an old pot bottle all you need to do is drink the contents of course and then cut the bottom off 
and then you've got a little propagator so you can put your plant in a pot and then put the bottle over the top of the pot kind of like a little indoor mini cloche. This will help keep humidity and reduce the evaporation from the plant leaves. Now place your cutting somewhere where it will get good light but not too much heat. A north facing window is ideal and good luck. That's cuttings quickly covered but how about collecting and sowing seed for free? That's got to be good. Something that doesn't cost a lot of money and really easy to do is to collect your own seeds. And that's plants for free for sure. Here at the moment I'm picking up echinacea seeds. Actually the funny thing is it's been raining recently and these have started to actually germinate in the seed heads which is absolutely amazing. Fortunately this is a this is a recording so I can't show you. Yeah it is quite amazing really. <laughs> they just germinated actually from the seed heads. Anyway, the ones that are nice and dry, so do this on a dry day, that's a better day to do it. It's nice of being out in the garden then as well. Just go around and collect the seed heads. So I'm just cutting down below this, just about five inch down the stalk, just chopping the seed heads off and I'll put these in a tray, put them in the window and then leave them for a few days to dry off properly, really dry out and, and open up. The seeds will actually drop through to the bottom I'll get rid of all the debris on top. I might even crumble the seeds a bit to just, just get some extra extra ones there. And then I'll sow them probably around ooh, March time, maybe March, April. I'll look it up to be sure. Um, I have actually germinated some September time, October time, and then put them in coal frames and then planted them in the spring. They've uh, grown quite nicely like that. A seed contains a little embryo and a starter food source for the seedling which will grow from it. To grow a seed you require the right temperature, some moisture, air and light. If the compost is damp that is fine for germination. Generally we can provide all those needs with a good seed compost and another cloche over the top. The cloche this time can be made of polythene, a clear bag or something like that. And once again, like the cuttings, put in a north-facing window. They don't want to get too hot. Keep checking and when germinated, double your checking. Make sure they don't damp off, maybe take the cloche off, and when it's big enough, prick it out and pot it into something a bit bigger. Sometimes you might have to wait for that second set of leaves. When handling the seedling, be gentle, hold it by the leaves and don't pinch that stem. Again, there's lots of info on growing seeds from scratch online and look up the specific plants you're growing, as some seeds might need extra help to germinate and grow. Purchasing seed is of course at a cost, but a lot cheaper than buying plants. You just need to put in that little bit more effort. Grow from seed, now you're gardening. Ah, the wonderful British meadow, something I've always enjoyed walking by. I have fond childhood memories of Sunday walks, walking down the old forgotten paths. Paths that would take me past old Cornish mine buildings. Their purpose now is something you can only read about. Even though the ground was quite impoverished, nature had found a way to live. I would enjoy walking past the uncut meadows, listening and watching the skylarks. Moths and butterflies were everywhere. Swallows, swifts and martins swooping down for a fly feast. Nature always knows best and left alone can create its own garden. Thankfully, the benefits of these meadows are now realized and it has become a fashion for gardeners and farmers to put land aside to establish these colourful nature-rich sites. It's a good thing. More please. I've been involved in working on a lot of these areas and here is what I found. Firstly, indigenous is always best. 
our indigenous wildlife do best living on indigenous plants and flowers. Find a location, full sun is best, and make sure you clear any weeds that might compete with what you sow. Rough the soil. This can be done by digging or rotivating, and only a rough rake is needed. We're not trying to sow a lawn here. There are autumn sowing mixes and spring sowing mixes. I found spring sown usually works best. This is because our winters are becoming less predictable and the capricious weather is really affecting germination. Spring into summer is much more reliable these days. However, do your research as some species need winter weather for their seeds to germinate. Enjoy your displays during the summer months and at summer's end cut them down and remove the clippings. This helps in keeping plant species diversity. After about three to five years, you'll find that certain plant species will become dominant. If you're noticing your wildlife decline, consider re-sowing. During the 2020 lockdown, I sowed an awful lot of pollinator-friendly mixes in summer bedding display areas. This was to lower the maintenance and due to the lack of staff, save time. They worked well and got a lot of compliments as people enjoyed the flowers and the butterflies during their daily walks in the parks. Something else I noticed is that when we cleared the paths at the end of the season, there were a lot of old, used mouse nests in there. This type of area is good for us, insects, and now I see mammals. If you want to share your space with nature, this is something you've got to try. You can even do it on a smaller scale in a large container. The seed is not as expensive as you think, and if you're short of time, it's very little work. I talked there about cutting things down and clearing it away, but it is also a good idea to leave some areas alone. This way the seeds that haven't dropped can be food for the birds and other animals during the winter months. In fact, seeds use animals to travel. As we all know, birds take seeds for miles, but other animals are used as well. Take gorse for instance. When you hear the popping pods during hot summer days, that is the sound of seeds being flung away from the plant. In fact, they are flung as far as two meters, but that is not always enough for gorse, so it uses ants. The gorse seed has a deposit of fat, proteins and sugars on the outside of the seed, which is rather delicious to ants. They take this to the nest and feed it to their young, who only eat the outer deposit leaving the seed in good working order. The seed is then pushed out of the nest with the rubbish when the ants tidy up. It is now left outside happily to germinate further away from other gorse competition. Humans are used too. The old English apple isn't actually English. It originates in places like Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan was along the old Silk Road and travellers would find this sweet tasty fruit and eat it. It also stored well and made good food for their packed lunches and soon travelled many and many miles and now they're everywhere. So when you're eating your next apple, just think it might be taking advantage of you. Another way of increasing the amount of plants in your garden is to try splits. That's something you can do in the springtime and it's also something you can do in the autumn. So I'm splitting some monada and that's called bee balm. So you can guess why I want that. And in the garden here I have some really big clumps and I'm just going to divide them. I've been round with a spade so I've gone right round the clump, just going vertically down, not writhing around with the spade as I go in, just vertically going down and cutting around the clump. Then I gently go underneath it with the spade and lift the clump out of the ground. And now I've got the clump in front of me. I'm going to stick two forks in the clump, back to back. And then I'm gently going to pull the forks apart. And I don't know if you can hear that satisfying cracking sound. And that's the, that's the clump splitting. 
And there we go. I now have two monada. One that is going to go back in the hole and the other one is going to go in another garden where I can attract more bees over there as well. It honestly doesn't cost much money to have a wildlife friendly garden. Look up different forms of propagation and have a go yourself. You'll be really surprised at what you can achieve. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. Next time, we'll be talking more on habitat and particularly habitat for the hedgehog. See you soon. <laughs>